Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I'm here with my co-host, Vic Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon. There's so much news today. We really had trouble figuring it out, what we're going to talk about. So we got a big old list for you guys, including uh, some bad news for several members of the squad. Not great news stories about them. We've got an update on the last great hope of the Democratic Party, Stacey Abrams out of Georgia, and an update on Disney versus DeSantis carjackings galore in dc and some food news which you know you need from us before we get to that how you doing vic hello mary Catherine. doing fine as you're listening to this right now dear listeners and hammerheads i will actually be a year older oh so tomorrow is the big day which is today i should say you're listening to it yes. so it's today not a lot of fanfare compared with the last birthday you well, remember that, that one. one that was a big one this is interestingly low-key and surprise-like. Kate said she was just going to take me out to dinner with no other details, just to okay. be home at five. She's taking me out. Okay. And I, I don't. the only other thing is that I know is she says we're going to Uber. So I said, oh, I guess we're going to be Ubering to, your, to my in-laws. That's great. Looking forward to that dinner. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I would love to have dinner with them. I, I, guess I, I don't know what's going on with the Seth Rich case. I got to find out what happened to him. It's a lot. There's a lot of stuff you got to catch up on. This is all sorts. Of, I'm just all sorts of jokes. No, honestly, uh, I'll be happy when we Uber to the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. And I'll get my factory get, meatloaf. Yeah, you got to get toasted at the. Yeah. At the Cheesecake. Well, factory. what I'll, I'll plan Have to do? Several, assuming, assu- several chocolate martinis. Let's assume it's the Cheesecake Factory. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to eat all day, so I can have my 2,000 calorie meal. Yeah, do that in one shot. We love it. I'm sure. What 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 what's the worst that could happen? Mary Catherine. How are you? I was worried we might not see you ever because of this ridiculous traffic today. Oh, yeah. You know, the protesters. The protesters are blocking the roads in D.C. And it turns out that as a society, we just let people do that. I guess. Move around you. As long as you do it for the right reasons. If you were doing it to protest like COVID restrictions, that that goes badly. And you have your SWAT. You have your truck right now. Or like have your bank account seized like in Canada. But if you're doing it for the right reasons for Palestine or climate. Yeah. You just get to hang out out Do there. Do you think this makes all the commuters like more inclined to join their cause because it's like, oh, I you know. I would doubt it. By the way, can I just say like, or start arresting these people. Arrest them quickly yeah. as soon as they block a major roadway. Mm-hmm. That is not mm-hmm. First Amendment rights. Just get them out of there because when you don't, you lead to more and more of this. Yeah, they could there and there could also uh, and, and when it gets to a certain point, then your average citizen may take things into right. their own hands. But here's a, yep. here's a way to do it for the DOJ or any of these liberal cities. Imagine they're pro-life protesters oh, yeah. Put that in your sitting mind. outside a clinic mm-hmm. praying, and then that oh. will give you the correct yeah. mindset to arrest them under like it, like they did in, like they did in Tennessee, like, like they they've in Tennessee. done in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, no so just think about it that way, and maybe we could get that uh, taken care of. But as you'll hear later in the show, the cities are not great at no, sort of clawing no. back their bad I'm decisions. I'm sorry, I threw you for a loop. How are you? No, no, I'm good. It's fine. I can I can riff with the good. best of them. You okay. are good. Yeah. What's going on here is I, I did want to tell you guys while I was out of town last weekend that Steve was in peak Steve form. Okay. Physically. He is. Well, always. <laughs> Can't get more than that. Always. <laughs> but peak Steve parenting. Oh. So yeah, I'm out of, of town and he's got four kids. Mm-hmm. We do not worry about this at all. Get get yourself a husband that you don't need to worry about that at all. That's a it's a good thing to have. Okay, so I go, I do my <laughs> she thing. Didn't say this, my wife's listening. She says, "Oh, that's a good idea." She's <laughs> like, 
any rate, I get, you know, dispatches from home occasionally. And on one day, here's what I get. The oldest child, 10, I get a picture of her carrying a bag of rice. She has been asked to do reps up and down the staircase with a bag of rice to train her to safely carry her little brother. Right, because the weight. And Mm -hmm. it's it's like, you know... When you carry a baby, yeah, I used to say this about my daughter. It's like a bag of rice. Yeah, that's so she's really? training. We're working on that. Then I get a picture of the two babies in you know those newfangled swings. I think they're for they're for kids with various physical oh, disabilities. Sure, they're sure. kind of large. Oh and, yeah, um, I know that. And you they mm-hmm. you just put plop the kid in them. Yeah. I don't even know if they had the like safety harness fastened. It didn't it didn't look like it necessarily. Both babies in those sitting next to each other. But the the catch is they're over this giant puddle because it rained <laughs> like forever. Uh-huh. So it's raining outside. It, the puddle's he's, always you know, below the swing for yeah, some reason. No, he's taken them he's taken them yeah. to the park in the rain. They're in the two big swings and they're over this giant puddle. And they're dressed in new snowsuits that he got them that are both camo. No, no. Oh, okay. So it looks like Bud's training for toddlers oh, <laughs> is what's going on. And then the last kid, who's a, the, the second child, while the babies are doing Bud's training, mm-hmm. she's doing elaborate obstacle courses in the rain, American Ninja Warrior style, as directed by her father. And he said he gave her one. I got a couple of pictures. He gave her one that was very, pretty hard, and she was frustrated that she couldn't do it. And so I get a picture of her kind of moping in the rain, sitting, thinking about, like, I can't do this challenge. And he leaves her because that's this mm-hmm. is what we do. Mm-hmm. She needs to figure it out. And sometimes the best parenting is no parenting. Yes. And you know what she did? Mm-hmm. She figured it out. Victorious. Victorious. Anyway. Does he, have the, the, does he have them, like, you know, crawling on their, you know? I mean, he certainly could, but we don't want to train the toddler too much because uh-huh. that child is diabolical. Yeah. yeah. This morning, you know, we have a... We finally childproof something. We don't really childproof much except for the stairways. Sure. But we don't do the rest of the stuff. Corners and such. However, the toddler has decided she likes the under the sink cabinet. And the under the sink cabinet, you know, has a bunch of stuff in it that you don't want the kids into, including like dishwasher pods that seem nice for chewing. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And And they smell nice. Yeah. And so we finally got a lock for that. Yeah. And this morning I was just, you know, serving up some breakfast to the baby and I looked over and the toddler's just calmly dismantling the lock that we put on the wow. the cabinet. So that one you got to watch out crafty. for. Her. She's she's, she's crafty, crafty, she's strong. We'll see what happens to us. It remains to be seen. Okay. <laughs> so don't overtrain the toddler. Yeah. Steve. Anyway, he handled everything uh beautifully as expected and uh the children gained skills and resilience while I was gone. A well-deserved Bubble bath for your husband. Ah, he does enjoy a soak. Okay. <laughs> I actually came back from my trip with some salts for him. Ah, there you go. Some soaking salts of various scents. Don't ingest them. No, don't no, no. Them. no, no, no. They're just they're not that <laughs> yeah, kind of bath salts. Remember those salts. Yeah. Come on, we don't do that in our house. All right. <laughs> Should we talk about the squad? Yeah, let's do it. The squad's having quite a week. Mm-hmm. Ah, let's start with Cori Bush. All right. The Justice Department is investigating Democratic Representative Cori Bush over the potential misuse of funds for her personal security services, the Missouri Democrat confirmed Tuesday. 
In a lengthy statement issued after news of the federal probe emerged, Bush said she and her team are fully cooperating in this investigation. The upshot is she spent a bunch of money. Yeah. On security, which is annoying because she was a person who oh, extremely is very vocal about not having police forces yeah. funded in ways that might protect others mm-hmm. who don't have money for personal security. And this money came out of the wrong sources right. and went to people with conflicts of interest who she yeah. shouldn't be employing. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised they're even doing an investigation. Well, I mean, the thing that's really because I'm because my standards or my yeah, expectations I mean, for DOJ expect? at this because point are been sort all of sorts low. Of, yeah. yeah, I mean, we're just being constantly let down. So it was quite a surprise when they it was announced that the Department of Justice was investigating this. If you remember, Cory Bush was pushing for defunding police, saying that we just have to do it, while also saying, "quote Suck it up," in terms yeah. of her having her own personal security detail. But, you know, I mean, we, we pay her. We, our taxes go to pay for these members right. of Congress. She was also paying her now husband, Courtney Merritt's, something like $74,000 which the, for, for a security service, which I don't even think Mr. Merritt's had a prior much experience right. in security detail, but now he was her security. Right. And the FEC alleges Steve's that this was- Steve's listening like, how do I get in on that? Because he I could provide know. security. Oh, yeah, no, for, yeah, as a spouse and security. And, and they, uh, the FEC claims that uh, she had used $74,000 in campaign donations for the security. In addition to that, she also employed another fellow named Nathaniel Davis, mm-hmm. paid him 152000 And this guy claims to have powers to control the weather. Oh. Yeah. And he, that he's like a million years old or a I mean, thousand years old. In that old. case, probably a good investment for security yeah. if he can really control the weather. Like, that's a <laughs> drop that tornado on whoever you need to. I think that's the key, what I you say. look outside and then you tell them, oh, I, I wanted it to be this way. Uh, so that's what's going on with All her. All right, so that's Although, Cory Bush. Wait, you know, it's not like, I don't know, she or any other members of the squad that we're going to about to uh, go into here seem very much embarrassed or chastened. They just keep on going. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no. Tell me what is going on with Jamal Bowman. He's been in the news this week as well, and not just for the fire drill that he caused. Uh, yes, way, people but forget there about no, that one. There was really no punishment for that, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, he got it. I'm no, sure he I'd get, get off scot He got censured. He got right, censured right, for right, that. Right. But nevertheless, he is undeterred. Mm-hmm. Jamal Bowman, the congressman from New York. Several things have been going on. The first one is he has been at various talks and rallies and, and, and such with people who he claims to be in awe of and that he's okay. almost like, I think he said he, he was starstruck. I'm sure they must uh, be quality people then. Yes, yeah. yes. They were people who hate Israel. Oh. And so they're basically oh. anti-Semites. And then he said, well, actually, I didn't know much about what well. they said, even though I was starstruck because he had earlier claimed that, you know, he had followed them all this time and, and it had inspired him and given them have, uh, all this insight. So that's the one thing. The second thing is the Daily Beast mm-hmm. seems to have uncovered his blog. Yeah, using that Wayback Machine. You got to yeah. watch out for the way. But I should correct myself. He did plead guilty to a misdemeanor in okay. the fire. Okay. There the fire go. drill incident. That's okay. right. And this this is a his, his blog from around 2011. Not that long ago. He was an adult mm-hmm. where he writes poetry in okay. which he was able to, through poetry, expresses suspicions about 9-11 being an inside job. Oh, oh, okay. In order to get the United States into Afghanistan, because you know how much we want to go into Afghanistan. Obviously. Especially for 9-11, it has so much to offer. I mean, uh, I think it was Taylor Swift's idea. Yes, probably, based on the colors of the logo. She's, 
She's the psyop. That's right. Okay. So th- that that that's what's going yeah, on. D- with just him. let me. This is yeah. a little excerpt. Two thousand one planes used as oh. missiles. Target, the twin towers. Later in the day, Building Seven also collapsed. Hmm. Multiple explosions. There was a home there. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple explosions heard before and during the collapse. Hmm. So, okay. I also like that when this was when this was broken. Mm-hmm. You think it's going to be like a lot of times when this stuff happens, it's like in his former job as a, you know, whatever, like shock jock lefty radio host or something like that. It was in his former job as a middle school teacher. Yeah. Awesome. So glad. So glad that this was was uh, on a principal. This is, you know, so he was really, again, something that the kids can look up to. Well done, Jamal. He's not doing himself any favors with the Jewish vote, shall we say, Mm -hmm. in light of these and other incidents. And he is being challenged by George Latimer, who is the Westchester County executive for a Democratic okay. primary. So that's going to be interesting for us to watch yeah. and see how he does. I mean, is it, the whole branding for that campaign should just be like, pull the fire alarm. Let's get out of this disaster. Uh, it right? writes itself. I was just thinking <laughs> that if I was running against In case him, of emergency, yeah, call me. Right. I mean, no. I mean, you look at, you, you know, you just all these different incidences, as long as you you have the means to publicize them to your voters. You know, my slogan would just be vote for me because I'm not crazy. I mean, well, that's contingent on being able to act not crazy, which almost no one in politics can do. Speaking of which, two squad members, Bush and Rashida Tlaib, because we're going to we're going to get apparently all of them this week. were the only two representatives who voted against a bill barring Hamas terrorists from entering the United States. So good job, guys, on that one. You know, it's really it's more nuanced than that, Mary Catherine. I (laughs) I guess I haven't heard the nuance. And. Finally, Ilhan Omar in some hot water over a viral clip. I think we can play a little bit of. Where Minnesota and Somalia, the Melkas, the Kunol, and their Kia had the Marduka had lie. Even Kagaham Baliena, I see that at the school with the Duman to him. See that at Kuligin, who got up stacked in Madhuin Hena because who behind you in Kuligin and got up stagno. Somalia was Somali. Somalia was Hal. That has her professing perhaps her interest in protecting Somalia yeah. more than protecting the U.S. Is that a fair characterization of what people are upset about? Well, she is, as you know, Somali first and Muslim second. So I'm not sure we're American citizen and member <laughs> like of Congress. Third or fourth. I think that's third or fourth. Look, if she wants to say how much she loves Somalia, I get that. Right. And people feel this way. But if you were to switch out the word Somalia with Israel, how would she feel about that? Mm. That's the question. I'm betting not great. Yeah. Um, actually, I do have AOCs making an appearance this week as oh. well in this update because she's getting flack from the left. Because she didn't say that she believed that Israel's bombardment of Gaza is genocide. genocide. So they're mad at her for that. She, on NBC's Meet the Press, she did not straight up just call it a genocidal nation, one of our closest allies that is definitely not engaged in genocide. So they're mad at her for that. Yeah, the Hamas contingent it's is, funny uh, is upset at her about that. It's funny because, again, it, in some ways it's just never enough. She actually you know, came out against the defunding the Biden administration, pausing funding UNRWA. Right. Just because you have a few bad apples that might have killed some Israelis, you know. Oh, those were some bad apples. All right. 
That's the squad. Wow, they've That's had quite a, a week. They're on a roll, but again, they don't seem to be quite a week. Embarrassed All right. Or... I want to do a segment that is a little bit of just like a media narrative update. Uh-huh. Because I feel like we we get a narrative about stories for months and months and yeah. months, sometimes years and years and years. And then it turns out that it's like maybe not true. But by the time we find that out, it's much later. Goes, yep. So first of all, let's do a little quick little Stacey Abrams update. Stacey Abrams, if you guys remember, was the most promising yes. Democratic politician. She was going to turn Georgia blue. It turns out she hasn't. So she had this nonprofit that was supposed to create all these new voters. The name of that organization was Fair Fight. It has been accused of all sorts of corruption and misconduct with funds. Mm -hmm. It is now winding down. Fair Fight is laying off staff. Eric Erickson notes that in 2022, Stacey Abrams penned a prominent op-ed in the New York Times on how to turn a red state blue. It was a hubristic act by a hubristic politician who later turned up in Star Trek as president of Earth. Remember, she she was the hotness. All the photo shoots, all the glamour shots, all the magazine covers, because she was the future. Right. It turns out, no. What's there to show for it all? $25 million in legal fees, $10 million in her campaign chair's law firm, and $2.5 million in debt. Uh, Fair Fight still owes back pay to 20-plus young activists who believed in Abrams's cause. Look uh, at that grift. I would say just for clarification purposes, it was Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> And she was, pre- she was president nerd of nerd clarification. She was, she was president of United Earth. United, you know, because you know, all united under her. This was her dream come true. To naturally, because she loves that may Star be Trek. the highest office she gets. Yeah. I'm not sure it's happening no, after they this. No, wanted so badly for her to be the next big thing. I mean, Kemp's just better. Yeah. This is this is the great. She wasn't running against Trump. Right. The gr- the great irony of the uh, Republican Party right now is that national overarching yeah. politics level, certainly presidential, head of the party, the RNC, right. disaster, yeah. dumpster fire, like not raising money. <laughs> what money they're raising, they're spending on legal problems for yeah. Trump. Oh. Trump is like, who knows what he's doing at the head of this campaign, at the head of this party, if indeed he ends up being the nominee, which he probably will. But then you have these pockets of like incredibly competent com- governance. Yeah. Competent governance, Florida. They're just doing their Georgia, thing. Georgia. They're ignoring Iowa. all these other distractions. It's it's. I'm glad we have them. Yeah. Anyway, so Kemp beat her over and over again, and it yeah. turns out she wasn't good at doing the thing that she was supposed to be good at doing. Okay, let's move on to Ron DeSantis. We have an update on him. Remember, Disney was just gonna wipe the floor with him. Oh yeah. Now. When the whole Disney thing started, I was like, meh on this. Because I do think you don't want to, even though I think the perks for them are not necessarily guaranteed or a constitutional right that they should keep forever and ever and amen, because they're just a corporation that's doing business with a government. And sometimes that means you don't get those perks anymore. And taxpayers maybe shouldn't be funding them. Right. However, do you do it based on viewpoint of the company? That's That was the part I had an issue with. But then the narrative was, oh. He's done it now. He's taken on the mouse. Here's the latest. A judge on Wednesday dismissed a federal lawsuit Disney filed against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and other defendants that alleged they retaliated against the company for publicly criticizing a controversial parents' parental rights education law backed by the governor. Judge Alan Windsor ruled that Disney lacked legal standing to sue DeSantis and the Secretary of Florida's Commerce Department on a claim of violating its First Amendment rights. So that's a pretty clear win for the DeSantis side of that argument. 
vindicated yet again because he was focused on policy. It's interesting because when this first happened, I thought, oh, this is a bad idea going against Disney. Everyone right. loves Disney until everybody stopped loving Disney. Now, some people love people, Disney. People now, don't other people love, less so. People don't love Disney as much anymore. No. Partly because they're just not making as good movies as they used to. That's the first, because they're obsessed with checking off certain boxes as opposed to just telling a good story. It's not great. And that obviously defeats a good story. Then DeSantis, of course, pushed for the Parental Rights and Education Act, right. which then they spun as Don't Say Gay and had a field day in the news. The media, everybody Walkouts, jumped on this right. and DeSantis is a joke. How can you do this thing? You can't mention the name. Until you actually ask actual Floridians, do you really want your five-year-old to learn about all these various LGBTQIA2S plus yeah. issues before they even know how babies are made? Yeah. And the answer is probably not. Maybe I'd rather be the one you know, telling my kids about this or yeah. that when, of course, the other attitude is, no, no, we know better and we're going to do it as early as possible. And DeSantis says, stop. And there's a reason why you have all these people moving into Florida because of this. Yeah. They don't want the uh, this other this other nonsense, and so no. Haven't um, you heard though? The California model yeah, is the model. Well, take away your kid if you're not for the you know getting your child onto puberty blockers. There was, there's a story take about a, a couple this week, I believe, in Montana that actually lost custody over the refusal to affirm gender identity. Yeah, that one it's is happening. Scary. This is not an exaggeration. Early on, people said we're making this up. We're exaggerating. There's the mother who is suing. California also because her child, it was kept a secret from her until it, that child was already on various medications. It turns out parents don't love that. No. Yeah. But don't they know that the government knows better than they do? I, I mean, mean this is this yeah. is the thing. You know, you know uh, Vic, that should be the theme of this podcast. Don't you know the don't government you know knows better than they you? They know better than you. Just, just give it up. Whatever they decide to do right They're now. They're so wise. Before we yeah. get into, we're going to do an upbeat media story. Oh, okay. And then- some yeah. right. media stories. I just want to note that the AP did very good reporting. Very good reporting. The Associated Press. On this attempt to take Trump down on his real estate assessments. Oh, right. So the Associated Press analyzed all the civil cases brought under this statute or rule or regulation, whichever one it is. Right. Yeah, it's under a law. They went back 70 years and they found that under this law, such a penalty has only been imposed a dozen previous times, and Trump's case stands apart in a significant way. It's the only big business found that was threatened with a shutdown without a showing of obvious victims and major losses. He didn't yeah. defraud anyone. And actually, there's a great clip of who's a Shark Tank guy, yes. Kevin O'Leary, yes. explaining this quite succinctly about what happened in this case. Yeah, it's perfect. So... If you're a developer and you've got a building on a, on a block anywhere in America and it's worth, let's say, $500 million and you want to build a building right beside it, you go to the bank and say, this building is worth $500 million. I'd like to borrow a construction finance loan against this asset and I want you to tell me it's worth $500 million too. And the bank negotiates with you and says, well, no, we think it's worth $400 million. And you fight it out. You're always trying to show your assets in the brightest light with the sunshine you could possibly determine for them. You want them to be worth the very most because you're only going to get a 40 or 50% loan to value, as it's called. Then you borrow that money. In the case of a $500 million asset, maybe you get $250 million, and you build a new building with a construction finance loan. 
And so that's what this case is all about. What, and, and by the way, forget about Trump. Every single real estate developer everywhere on earth does this. They always talk about their asset being worth a lot, and the bank says no. And that's just the way it is. But thank you to the Associated Press for doing this report. AP's review of nearly 150 yeah. reported cases since New York's repeated fraud statute was passed in 1956 showed that nearly every previous time a company was taken away, victims and losses were key factors. Customers had lost money or bought defective products mm -hmm. or never received services ordered, leaving them cheated and angry. This is the problem with some of the lawfare, because that's what yeah, it is, against Trump is that you end up using these tools that should not be used in this way. You overreach. You go after him for something nonsense, which, by the way, makes every time you go after him for something real look like nonsense. Right. And then in the future, guess who this overreach can be used against? They're people who didn't yeah. defraud anyone. It's not good for right. the democracy. No. But again, as you said, it's lawfare. It's let's throw up as whatever, you know, at the wall and see what sticks. And so far, nothing is quite sticking, but that's not going to stop them from doing more like this. I mean, yeah. you think about the Stormy Daniels hush money lawsuit, right? The statute of limitations had already passed and somehow they were able to make the exception for this. I forget how they were able to do that. Did they suddenly at the last minute extend it? But I mean, it had, it is, and it was not considered until, you know, just now right. uh, a felony. It was a misdemeanor. So, and then- and Posthumously then, elevated yeah. to a felony. So, and in this case <laughs> with the, the real estate assessments for Trump, everybody is trying to always sell your property or value your property, have it estimated at the highest as high as amount possible. as yes. possible. You, don't, you know, the county will send you, you know, an assessment of how much your property is worth. I look and I'm like, there's no way it's worth that little. You know it's going to be worth more. People bid on it. And, right. the, and, and the bottom line is, as you mentioned, it's not like some bank was defrauded in this process. He paid no. back. He, you, you know, you take out a large loan, you pay back the loan. He does, this is what he does for I a living. I do feel like there should be an yeah. offense and a victim. No, there's no victim. But they, what, but but what they're hoping is somehow some judge or some jury, well, because they hate Trump, they all hate Trump anyway. They'll find him quote unquote guilty, and the the resulting penalty is he can no longer do business in New York, and all of that has to be surrendered over. Uh, you know, just hundreds of millions of dollars. That's yeah. what they want. No, but you know, it's well if you're going, you might as well just go and arrest him and put him in jail if that's what you really because you just that that's the objective here is to just prevent him. At all costs, but if it's not, if it's not, Mar-a-Lago was valued at eighteen million. Yeah. Okay, that's like a that's like a Greenwich condo. <laughs> so I come know. on, man. I believe I believe Please. it is more than that. Okay, so I would suggest perhaps as we go into this next story, more work like that might make media companies more valuable and in demand for oh. paying customers, which yeah. is something that they need. Yeah. Something that they need increasingly, as just in the last couple of weeks, the Washington Ooh. Post, Los Angeles Times, Time Magazine, Condé Nast, which is the parent company of a bunch of magazines, Sports Illustrated, Business Insider, New York Daily News, National Geographic, and the Baltimore Sun, and also The Messenger, have all been in the news in just a couple, this month for yeah. layoffs, cost-cutting labor walkouts, and bleak forecasts for the future. This is interesting partly because some of these were acquired by billionaires who mm -hmm. are operating them at a loss. They do that on purpose. Bezos leading the Washington Post is like, look, $100 million. I, I know I'm probably not making money off of this right now, 
The LA Times, I believe there's a billionaire involved in that one too. Yes, whose daughter is this crazy lefty right. and running it and trying to get involved in the editorial side. Ah. So, um, no coverage. And so people are kind of mad that those guys aren't just like extending the bill forever and ever and amen and just paying for everything. I do, look, the market has changed. I don't love people losing their jobs, not like dancing on anyone, anyone's grave, but the market has changed and... People aren't producing a product that others want to consume. No, that's like the that's thing. yeah. You got to start thinking about that part yeah. of it. And I think, look, of course, it confirms my priors to think that it's because they're biased. But part, I do think part of it is like, hey, I'd like to have news. Maybe right. not your weird feature on whatever cultural appropriation you've spotted at the food truck mm. rally this weekend. Like I don't. Yeah, that's what they're covering. There's a couple ways to go about this, right? One is to make yourself sort of ind indispensable for a reader so that they, you know, you have to be a place where they think, I need to pay to get this publication to subscribe because it's going to be information I can't get anywhere else, right? right. And that's the Wall Street Journal mark, uh, model. And that worked for them. That paywall early on worked. They weren't giving anything. Well, and I would argue it's, things it's still working. For free. And it's the still, news, it's the news production at Wall Street Journal is still yeah. working for them, partly because they're doing news production. Right. And it comes with all the other great little sections right. here and there. I mean, you, you, not even little, they're big. So that's one way to get, it's, it's also, by the way, that was the Cook's Illustrated model, right? And right. Uh, Christopher Kimball, when he founded Cook's Illustrated, the cooking magazine, the whole thing was, you can go on the internet to find your recipe for salmon or roast chicken, and why would you want to come here? Right. And the thing is, you can go there and you take your chances, it might work, it might not work, with the measurements, different things. We, you know... Go, we have a test kitchen and we test these recipes to death until it is perfect and we guarantee you the perfect roast chicken or whatever because it's all based on what do you want us to cook and readers will let them know this is what and it's mostly roast chicken as it turned out some salmon but mostly a roast lot chicken of roast a chicken. lot of roast chicken in different ways and by the way i'm gonna let me correct myself because as soon as i said wall street journal's not doing layoffs i read a story that they are, fact, they are doing some layoffs nice. well i mean they go through the, they shed yeah. it from time to time so but then you then you're like i need to subscribe to this magazine in print right. or online because i can get this thing that's one thing the other thing that's interesting another way to go about having a business like this is if you just i don't know if all you did was publish opinions that make your readers feel good about themselves and yeah. their priors that's a way to do it. That's a way to do it. That's a way to I, do it. But it turns show. out maybe that doesn't pay as well as yeah. So I, well, did, did you know much about the messenger before it not, went down? Not Neither really. The thing I will object to it is that it initially, at least, it looked like the messenger took down the archives, which for people who have well, done hard work yeah. writing those yeah. pieces, mm -hmm. I hope that that is figured out because you need those clips to go forward and hopefully I, get a new job. I printed out all my clips at the standard because now yeah, cause you, you know sure they were subsumed. Happen. Is that the word subsumed? Yes. by Clarity Media's and Washington Examiner and so if you go there now any of the pieces that I've written or David Brooks or Tucker or Charles Krauthammer it'll the logo is the Washington Examiner. Right, right. There's like it's the mention of right. Weekly Standard is now like more and more gone yeah. from the site. So as if it we just never existed. I can say that because I didn't sign any. Yeah, you can you <laughs> can talk about it. it. Yeah. So yeah, there there's all this going down. It's interesting also that this is happening in an election year, which is generally a good time for media. So this does not bode well. The it messenger, does. by the way, supposedly blew through fifty million dollars. I don't know how you 
do that with this. I mean, they had about 300 workers, so I mean, I guess it was a big operation, yeah. relatively speaking. Anyway. I mean, again, I think there's, we should have this clip from none other than Taylor Lorenz, where she bemoans this oh, hollowing right. out of the media landscape. Our journalism industry is basically in a free fall. Today, the Los Angeles Times laid off 115 employees. They wiped out their entire DC bureau in an election year. They laid off pretty much all of their sports teams. They killed their entire tech and business section. They laid off breaking news writers, social media editors, the list goes on. But what's really dark is this is just the latest in months and months and months of layoffs in the media industry. In fact, tens of thousands of journalists have been laid off in the past year. Major media companies like BuzzFeed News have completely shuttered their news operations. Time Magazine also just laid off a ton of people. And, oh, Sports Illustrated basically shut down last week. Look She's in, still employed, by the yeah, way. Look just inward. Checking. Look, I just think if if the media landscape that millennial journalists came up in, and I'm the grandmaist along with uh, Taylor Lorenz probably, of those millennials has disintegrated in this way, perhaps we should look to the shining stars of millennial journalism to, to tell us well, what happened there? Yeah. Maybe maybe the product has not been giving people a thing they want. Yeah. And frankly, other people online are either able to do the news better or able to do the confirming the priors better. Right. And news organizations are stuck in this middle ground where they they're are. not really doing either. Yeah. It's, it's not great. It's the, not great, though. The fourth estate is important. And I think we do have a lot of options. We have a is, need for reliable, good reporting. Yes. To just, you know, without... Lesson. That's why I wanted to note that AP story. I gotta, Good. We got we to gotta congratulate them when it happens. Also, um, it turns out if you tweet out that you feel badly for the people laid off in journalism, you will get attacked. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. We, you know, and, it's, and, it's, and it's an interesting thing because you know, even if the person didn't work at this particular news organization, depending on what, where the news is coming from, you know, a lot of times, like the Los Angeles Times, they upset a lot of people with their coverage of certain things like COVID. Yes. Those people are ready to come out and go after. So if you said, oh, you know, all these people, I feel bad for it. They're going to come out and say, learn to code. That ha that's been happening. Well, and yeah. there is a feeling among normal people mm -hmm. that a lot of the journalism model at major outlets has been to denigrate people like them, to pick and choose yeah. their ideological yeah. friends and boost them while crapping on everyone else. A lot of people feel like they were lied to to great loss yeah. during COVID. Some of it's deliberate and some of it's cluelessness. Well, and then and a lot of people also see this is there is a whole genre of journalism that is built to tear down normal people working normal jobs, doing normal things. Right. You find a couple of tweets uh, you see an out-of-context clip of a high schooler being yelled at at a pro-life oh. protest yeah. and, or a rally, mm -hmm. and he has a MAGA hat on, yeah. and you decide that Nicholas Sandman needs yeah. to be a national figure who is shamed. Of scorn, yes. Or the Kansas City Chiefs kid. Yes. Like, so. these these things, if that's part of your business yeah. model, people aren't going to be super sympathetic if you lose your job doing that thing. Oh, okay, so I have two th two thoughts on this. What, well, uh, one thought and then a question for you. Okay. Okay. So the first thought is, the learn to code. I keep on thinking about Ron Livingston in Office Space. He learned to code and hated it, but then he got a more real job, which is working in construction. Of right. course, I have two brothers-in-law. One is a firefighter, and the other one's in construction. So uh, they they do have real jobs per se. Uh, my question to you is, if and when this ends for us, the business ends for us, what would you do? Oh gosh. You know if what? you had your choice of doing anything else. Oh, that's a good question. 
the only this is like George Clooney's question in up in the air. The right? only damn thing I'm good at is talking and writing. Those are the two <laughs> things I'm good at. I'm an okay mom. Sufficient. <laughs> I got nowhere to go. I got but, you got nowhere to go. Uh, I, maybe I, I, got, well, I got, may, yeah. maybe I'd pull a Mrs. Maisel and leave my children and become a comedian. No, you you take your show on the road, Mary Catherine. People would come see you. Like, Steve, you're great with the kids. I gotta go out every night at midnight to get on stage for an you open were, mic. You you did win. DC's I funniest. I did indeed. No, it's true. Okay, indeed. so here's my. No, thought. I don't know. I well, okay. how maybe I maybe I'd be attempt to be an, a motivational speaker. Yes, I have a story. No, you could. I have a story. Again, you've done it. You can continue to do that aspect of it. Or maybe so, I would just make some crafts and sell them on Etsy. You do that too. You do that too. Yes, you have that, a good social media. I feel like that would be soothing. Presence. I keep on thinking about jobs where there's always going to be a need. Right? Mm-hmm. There will always be a need. Crime needs to be fought. Fires mm-hmm. need to be put out. People always get sick. Right. Right. So I was thinking along those lines. Podcast consultant. Thank you. <laughs> just. Saving lives out here, Vic. We are saving there, There's lives always a need for that. Out okay. here. Okay. Okay, some more not great news oh, yeah. out of the nation's capital. Oof. This is, again, it's much, sort of like the, the media trajectory, which is that I don't wish this on either the media climate or the city of D.C. Mm-hmm. or a lot of America's major cities. But man... Have they often brought it on themselves consciously with these very bad policies and very bad ideas? So this one, there was a carjacking spree in D.C. A former Trump administration official and married dad of three is fighting for his life after he was shot Monday night by a gunman suspected of a string of carjackings in the greater D.C. area. Mike Gill, who served as chief operating officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission while Donald Trump was president, was critically injured in the shooting, remained in the hospital Tuesday night. He was on K Street waiting in his car to pick up his wife Yeah, at 5.45 p.m. Yeah. Basically city center. The which middle is of the city. The city center, the city center, which is where like Fendi and Louis Vuitton yes. and Toomey and the fancy restaurants, Momofuku, it's all there yes. at 5.45 p.m. This is where this happens. The same man, I believe, killed another he did. man elsewhere in the yeah. city. The same perpetrator also shot Alberto Vasquez Jr., 35, and he died of his injuries, known to his family and friends as AJ. Everyone always remembers AJ. Everyone always remembers him not not matter, no matter what the scene was, Vasquez's mother, Antoine Walker, Antoinette Walker said, with the amount of carjackings and just instances of this magnitude, now it's touched our doorstep. It's not right. They had a memorial for him. The suspect in both of these crimes Identified Wednesday as 28-year-old Artel Cunningham of Suitland was shot and killed Tuesday morning by two police officers in New Carrollton. By the way, part of his spree was also shooting at parked police cars on his drive throughout the city. And then he pulled a gun out, allegedly, when the policeman approached him. So this is, this guy was out there. It's out of control. And the prayers for Gil, who I hope can recover from this, it sounds not, it's critical. It's critical. Right. But folks were out in force this week talking to the D.C. City Council saying, mm-hmm. like, y'all got to get this under control because it's all over the city. Um, and they acknowledged it. Yes. That, tell me tell me that the, uh, the D.C. City Council officials were like, you're right. This is really bad. We're going to. Well, actually, we have a over. clip. Oh, yeah. During the discussion, residents did not hold back, voicing their frustrations. Am I blame the system? Many questioning why kids aren't being held accountable. We as a city and a community need to be much more focused on prevention 
and surrounding young people and their families with resources if we want to be safer in the long run. We cannot prosecute and arrest our way out of it. Disagree, at least in part, guys. I'm not I'm not a criminal justice expert. Right. Far from. But I kind of feel like if you were to make an announcement and say that from this moment on, you know, anybody who commits a carjacking is going to immediately go to jail pending trial. Yeah. Right. And uh, that the maximum penalty for a conviction of carjacking would be like five years. Yeah. Right. I kind of feel that would possibly deter people from committing more carjackings versus the current strategy, which is to have lessened the penalty. Just let just yeah. let them and, go and commit as 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 was just we just heard in the audio to more resources. We have there's more resources. Right. I don't well, know you got to. You got to deal with the root problems. Yeah. Look, I do think there are root problems sure. that you also have to deal with. But if you send a message that you are going to punish yeah. people for We're carjacking, doing this. then fewer people will do the carjacking. Right. So, for example, Fairfax County in Virginia, which is just nearby, there last year the carjacking rate went down by ten percent. Okay, and over the river in Washington D.C., there were close to one thousand carjackings that amounted to an a hundred three percent increase. I there mean, seems to be a correlation with the penalties. Yes. So much so, all I have to say is, and I saw this on NBC 4s website. The subhead is the, the the reason why they think the reason why they think there is an increase is quote a perceived lack of consequences. Oh, perceived. The, yes, but the answer is yes. Yes, that's why they're perceiving yeah. correctly. Perceiving correctly. They're perceiving correctly, and that's one of the reasons, by the way, that a lot of the carjacking suspects are teenagers. This one was not, yes. but a lot of them are teenagers because especially as minors, oh, they're not going to suffer the That's same right. consequences no. as an, an of age perpetrator would. And they often are just on their merry way, yep. uh, which is not ride. great for the city. That's right. The majority of the carjackings are both with young people and armed. Ugh. So it's By the way, I, I had lunch a block from that location. Oh, sure. This it's week, a, it's a it's a fancy it's a fancy area. The residence is there. Del Frisco's is there. It's it's not Ugh. good. Ugh. And then this poor family lost. Yeah, that's worse. I mean, just awful. There was also a young. I, I read last week there was a young volunteer with at risk youth who was murdered on the street in a robbery. Yeah. In D.C. And it's just like, what are we doing here? I'm not sure what it's going to take for them to realize because they're pretty. Out, butch, out of their minds. I mean, Muriel Bowser knows that these people are out of their minds, the D.C. City Council I'm talking about. So I don't know uh, at what point do they finally say we have to do something. I mean, they keep re-electing for, uh, Bowser and like right. several of these other people. And well, that's the thing. I mean, unless they knew that their own voters were like, hey, like they just had this meeting. We've had enough of this. You need to crack down. But uh, they seem to push back. And I I mean, you you almost hope that you know, cynically that it's some sort of political thing versus that they're that clueless and they actually I don't know which is better. Work. I know this is that that that's but, a, do you remember do you remember the push for DC statehood not long ago? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean it's always sort of like an undercurrent. Yeah. The problem is that you get so far down these roads where people understand what the incentives are and understand that there yeah. will be no punishment and you create sort of these Pretty mini obvious. these mini industries of carjackings yeah. of shoplifting of right. looting especially l- luxury items yeah. or more expensive yeah. items and uh, yeah you're just you sort of get in this doom spiral yeah 
and many residents of DC not excited about it. Another another place is rethinking some of its policies. And I'm interested in this because I'm generally a little more libertarian, particularly on marijuana. Mm-hmm. I think we spent so much money enforcing the drug war against something like marijuana that I don't think is necessarily as damaging as to be worth enforcing all right. of that to that tune. However, Oregon went a whole, took the whole loaf yeah. on the drug legalization. The governor of Oregon has declared an emergency in the city of Portland a few years after the state became the first in the nation to largely decriminalize drug use. Oregon paved the way as the first state to decriminalize drug use, passing Measure 110 in 2020. Because everything was going so swimmingly in 2020, yeah. they were like, let's, right. let's do a new experiment. Instead of incarcerating drug users, the, measures, the measure focused on addiction and recovery with Portland police officers handing out citations for public drug use. People can have a chance for treatment and have their fines waived if they contact specific rehabilitation services. But calling that hotline is voluntary. voluntary. We've had three years of this law that has not delivered on the promise that voters thought they were getting. Washington County District Attorney Kevin Barton said, and in a lot of these cases, you know, it ends up making Mm -hmm. a city like Portland much more dangerous to people who are trying to work, people who are trying to live, people Mm -hmm. who are trying to send their kids to school. So, you know, they're the laboratories of democracy for a reason in the states. This this experiment and the experiment happening in Washington not going the correct way. It's interesting with marijuana legalization, which sort of, you know, on the surface, for me at least, I thought, okay, well, you know, lessen the penalties, how bad can that be? Right. You know, for, certainly from a libertarian point of view, as you mentioned. But the marijuana of today is much different in terms of the strength than I, it was. I don't back go near it, day. so I have not updated my knowledge you of, also, the, uh, of the cannabis. <laughs> but. I, I'm just saying. But so the people say. You know, my sciatica is mysteriously yeah. healed. The the but you know you don't you also don't know nowadays what it's being laced with, and you're hearing all these awful stories about these overdoses because they think they're taking one drug and in fact it's another. But we're not even talking about this in Oregon. Uh, we're talking about you know hard drugs. We're talking about fentanyl and heroin. Isn't that the that, yeah? That's, oh, that's, the fentanyl is the thing that has here. has. Become... I just don't know what they when they when they realize when they thought they were just going to hand out a citation and encourage you to go to rehab. What do they think was going to happen? Because these are pretty addictive substances. Yes. yes. So it, it just reminded me of in Joan Didion's Slouching Towards Bethlehem, mm-hmm. right? And she's like 1967 in San Francisco. And she visits, you know, the, this family and, and the parents are high, you know, the three-year-old's high, the five-year-old's Oof. on acid. I mean, it's just, you know, where are we heading here? Some, I mean, this some is... societal norms are good. Yeah. No. So it's okay. Yeah. Not I, good. It, it's Not bad good. news. And, and I would say also on the, on the marijuana front, we, we sort of have to, as a society, we seem incapable of like kind of keeping the pendulum somewhere in the middle. Like we do these wild pendulum swings where it's mm-hmm. like, let's spend billions of dollars on nonviolent users of marijuana. Right. Now, we don't do as much imprisoning of those people as we used to. But like, you know, we spend a lot of money on it. Sure. And then it's like, no, nah, we're going all out in Oregon. Look, there are, there are very good uses for marijuana mm-hmm. for medical reasons, for pain relief for relaxation. I think people can be quite functional while using it, but there are also problems for like developmental brains. Yeah. And how that Youths, ha- how that affects people who are teenagers. Not good. Oh, it might be less bad than TikTok. But yeah. <laughs> said the said the old hippie lady. <laughs> it's just a natural substance. It is. <laughs> but look, I just think like yeah. why can't we sort of we, we never land right. in the middle. We never evaluate the mistakes and then like land in the middle. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would hope we it, would do. You know, I mean, uh, it, a lot of, let's say, a lot of marijuana use yeah. 
you know, it can lead to things like brain fog. And the problem is, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, all right. Serious subject, folks. I'm come on. All right, all right. I w- you know, look, I, I want to turn around to happen for for DC. I would like to turn around to happen for Portland. I don't see it on the horizon. It's not right the Joe Rogan show. The second. Okay. Okay. Uh, can we talk briefly about a uh, Vox? Oh, article yes. Here that we just go. Got totally slammed. Yeah. yeah. So what happened here? Okay. So. This is the Vox tweet of its piece. Mm -hmm. Americans are obsessed with protein. They eat about two times as much of it as the federal government advises, and 60% of U.S. adults are trying to get even more of it into their diets. Excessive protein consumption could be making us sick. It's also wrecking the planet. Mm -hmm. How much protein should you actually eat per day? Find out from Vox? Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Vox in consultation with the federal government yeah. is the worst place to get nutrition advice. Let me just well, I, if you want one if you want to look like Ezra Klein, go to Vox. You know, he's he's been a vegetarian for a long time. Oh my gosh. I just the idea They got that, ratio didn't the they? idea that yeah. protein is yeah. the problem yeah. with yeah. the American diet. Yeah. Yeah. That ain't the problem, yeah. guys. No. And there also, are, you know, I want to be I want to be jacked. I want to be swole. Before you, you can't stop me. Shredded. Before you get to before you get to the, the the you know the complexities of of this specific you know argument about right. protein versus fiber and whatnot. How about tackle the larger issues like ultra processed foods and how right. we eat a lot of it because many of us are too busy to cook. You know, so yeah. it's convenience. It's a convenience to that, and it's not good. And I know this, and I know this from people I know. You know, who you read a lot of it. There are very bad long-term consequences for this and and i i can i can tell you but i'm not going to name names but it's just not a good idea right meanwhile they're talking about dairy is bad you go you can get almond milk instead of the cow milk because of the environment and i think it's in the subhead that's the that giveaway the subhead right, right. of that which was and it's wrecking the planet because that's no that's, that's what really into. what it's all that's about that's what they're concerned no, that's about really what it's all about so do you do you consume a lot of protein maybe? I, versus for your I, ratio of protein? Yeah, I don't to, know I don't what know, my carbs. totals are. Yeah. I don't I don't actually I don't track my macros, but but I would wager that I probably consume more certainly than Vox thinks I should. And in, Vox in fact got community noted, oh. uh, which is my favorite Ouch. Twitter feature. Community noted to say that like, hey, actually consuming more protein per pound of your body weight is quite good for you and you know, if you have different was, goals for how you want your body to work, you might need more protein. I, I, I had no intention of actually going into this article when you sent over the tweet. I'm just going to look at the tweet. And then I ended up reading out the whole article. Nice. And I, That's because so, you do you put in the I, work. I put in the work. Vic. I put in the work. And, and because they That's did why you need a, all that protein. They had a caveat there with a mm-hmm. little link saying that with the exceptions of, you know, the elderly, you know, pregnant women and uh, extremely active individuals. They hey! said. I think that's me. What about like middle-aged ladies who want to stay jacked? You're extremely, active. You're extremely you know? active as well. The only thing I don't understand in the piece is the grams because I don't do. I don't understand grams. Oh, I, I never I'm, understand. I'm terrible grams. about measuring gram as as a measurement. I'm have, very bad on measurements. I have a little. I bought it like a crate and barrel clearance sale or yeah. something one time. These little ounces. I can do that. Yeah, these little. It's like they're decorative. You would hang them uh-huh. next to your uh-huh. sink if you were the kind yeah. of person who would find a hook and actually hang them. Yeah. But I don't do it. I just keep them in my in my drawer with the measuring spoons that has all the oh the, conversion. the conversions yes. on it. And 
I know I, I have my phone with me all the time. I could just Google the conversions, but for some reason, it's very nice to pick up the physical thing and look at it. I yes. still also do not understand no, I, grams. I, I, I just realized now that if it was an answer, I would have been like, okay, I'm eating a lot or whatever. But because it's grams, it could be kilograms. I don't know. It's just like I lived in Europe for a year, you know, and Let's it was just like, eat oh, as I, much as I we think, want. I think I, I weighed 47 kilograms or is it 67? I have no idea. Stone, you know, I don't know. They just want us all to be they skinny do. and do. eating plant protein. Again, and I'm not going to do it. They, it's all about this. You're seeing this pop up more and more, which is plant based diet. Which is basically just eat. Can't you be more like India? Have you is ever the whole thing? Which I ever, like Indian food. Have you ever done plant plant based protein? What is that? On no, a regular? No, like, so like, there's like pea protein. There's like pea protein that you, oh, that like sometimes peas. you'll have in the yes. in supplements and what have you. Let me just say, it takes a minute for the body to adjust to that. The intestines <laughs> are not happy with you when you do that. I have Hard tried pass. once or twice and been like, nope, nope that doesn't work for I'm not my. Doing that. No. Nope. No, no. And the whole, there's, a, there's a concern about in the in the piece about fiber. We're not getting enough fiber, right? I think I'm I fine. I think I'm, I get enough fiber. You remember I had my- <laughs> Both I of had, us unanimously. No, I had my procedure. Yeah, you're fine. Flying colors. <laughs> flying colors. <laughs> super seed loaf. That's the secret is eat the super seed loaf. I did want, there was one thing quickly okay. before we go and eat our giant bowl of pasta. Mm -hmm. There was a line in the story and I had to read that, the quote for you, okay? The quote in the Vox story is, okay. quote, one study in the UK even found that some men who want to reduce their uh, meat consumption are embarrassed to order vegetarian meals among male friends. And I have to tell you, that's me. I will embarrass you. That was me. Yeah. So that's okay. Also, I say good. That means you're hanging on, guys. Hanging on, on hanging to that. On hanging on to that masculinity. To your maleness. You either you either go full vegetarian and you own it because you have the confidence as a man to do that, or you get shamed and you'd go back to eating protein like you should. Yeah. Animals, eat them up. Delicious. Wait, oh, how you can get I, your B12? You can I note one animals. more thing? And I hate to close on something oh. uh, slightly not safe oh. for work here. But oh. I just wanted to note that the person who did lose his job over performing sex acts and oh. videoing them inside a Senate hearing room. Aiden Masarovsky. Not punished under mm. the law. It turns out you can just do that. That doesn't... It's funny because I heard that like parading in the Capitol yeah. was a, a was a crime. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of things that can be crimes as long as you're in the Capitol, which is as it should be. We want to keep that yeah. place spick and span. Spick, yeah, you got to keep uh, it spotless. This one not a crime. No, but but I think it was just a matter of you know how long was he was like so they said because he had access to the room right he mm -hmm. had a right because he was a Hill staffer and how long he was in the room but it was he was just in and out. I was going to make some joke about open and shut. I was like, ah, okay. Keep it clean on this show. So clean. That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorino Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Thanks for getting hammered responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. Okay.